everybody's looking for the key to success to help them grow, to become more successful. You're not going to find it in a sales book. You're not going to find it in a marketing book, a book on competitive advantage, a book on strategy, a book on innovation. No, it's going to be an understanding how to build mental toughness, resiliency. That's what you need. That it's a set up, not a setback. Because I refuse to allow a negative circumstance to dictate my life. You think it's actually going to work out that way. <laughs> Here's the thing that you don't understand. Is that it's never going to beat me down. It's never going to defeat me. I'm never going to allow this to beat me. Because life doesn't happen to me. It happens for me. There are demons all around us. Demons in the form of fear, anxiety, guilt, depression, sadness, bullying, learned helplessness, negativity. And if we allow these demons to control us, we will only continue to lose the battle on mental health. It's time for us to cut the crap from our lives and go on offense against these demons by building mental toughness and resiliency. That's why you're here. My name is Ryan Caligiuri, and welcome to the Cut the Crap Show. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining yours truly, Ryan Caligiuri, on this week's episode of the Cut the Crap Show, where every single week I'm reading a book, condensing that book down on its core golden nuggets, bringing the author on the show. Well, most of the time I'm bringing the author on the show, where we have a conversation about the golden nuggets, but you know what I'm here doing every single week, just trying to save you a little bit of time, bring you some information that could spark change in your life, I'm trying to help you build mental toughness and resilience. If you love the show, then please support me. Please support me for what I'm doing here. I'm putting in a lot of time and a lot of effort. I've been doing so for three years, and I'm not going to stop. So you, how you can support me is two ways. The first way, go online and rate and review the show, especially if you're listening on an Apple device. All you got to do is go to the podcast app, go to the shows, find the Cut the Crap show, scroll up, and give this bad boy five stars. That would mean a whole heck of a lot to me. The other way is through Patreon. I opened up a Patreon page. And Patreon is a company that helps artists such as myself, call me an artist, whatever, call me a podcaster, producer, it doesn't matter. But it gives you an opportunity to give back to me, to say thank you for putting in all the time, all the effort, thank you for putting in the content. And so what I did was I created a Patreon um, section where it's $5 per month. So for the price of a cup of coffee, maybe a Starbucks coffee, one of those expensive ones, you can definitely show your appreciation to me and I see every single one of them. Thank you to each and every single one of you who have already donated $5 to the show. That means so much to me. And what I'm doing with that money is I'm giving it back. I'm putting it back, trying to get give it to people and organizations that need it. So right now, I'm, of course, many of you know I'm an avid dog lover. So I'm giving it to no-kill animal shelters to help them buy cat litter, help them buy dog food, help them pay for the spaying and the neutering of the dogs, help them take care of sick animals dogs, cats, animals are very, very important to me. And I know that they're not necessarily important to all of you, but that's the cause that I've chosen right now to donate to. Um, but regardless of where I donate that money, to me, it really just, it's about showing support for what I do. And that means so much to me. So thank you to each and every single one of you who have done that. And if you want to donate, then all you got to do is go to the cutthecrapshow.com, go to work with Ryan. And in there, there's a link to Patreon. Click that link and there's a $5 donation button a month and uh, it just comes out of your credit card every single month, five bucks. And that means a whole heck of a lot to me. So if you decide to do that, thank you so much in advance. So what are we doing here this week? So 
a lot of the times when I interview authors, sometimes the interviews go great, other times not so great. So this time I had an interview with Professor Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Now, I love pronouncing his name only because I don't know how to spell it. If you look up his name, good luck trying to spell it, let alone try to pronounce it on your own. But in any case, I talked to uh, Professor Mihai, and we had a very long discussion. But sometimes the interviews, they just don't go the way you want to. So unfortunately, I had to toss the interview out. Sometimes we just don't get to that engaging piece. Sometimes it's just the energy is not there. And I loved the fact that I had an opportunity to talk to Professor Mihai. But it just wasn't going to be suitable for the podcast. So what I decided to do was, instead of featuring the interview with Professor Csikszentmihalyi, I decided to do it myself. I decided to just go ahead, read the book, condense it down to its core golden nuggets, and share it with you. Now, I hope that you don't feel like I robbed you of anything, because essentially I feel like that I can perhaps do a better job and present better content to you. And that's my job. If I don't feel like content's good enough, I'm not going to put it out there for you. I want to make sure it's engaging. I want to make sure it's informative. I want to make sure I'm hitting every single point as efficient as possible so that we're saving you time. I can't go ahead and put a two-hour interview out there. You're not going to listen to it. It's not the Joe Rogan podcast. You're not used to that kind of length. <laughs> so I talked to Professor Mihai about his book, Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience. Now, Flow is a national bestseller. Professor Mihai was featured on TED. He had a TED talk about his book, Flow, and he specializes in us trying to achieve this state of flow. We've all heard about flow before. We've all heard about getting into a flow state, but what is it exactly? As every week we focus on trying to build resilience, mental toughness, understanding flow is really important. So before we get into this episode, maybe we should understand first off what flow is. If you've never heard of flow, if you're unsure of what flow is... Flow, essentially, as Professor Mihai told me, is when you're in the zone. When you're in the zone and you're so concentrated on something that you lose sense of time. And it's at that point that you hit flow. Where you are just concentrated, you're doing your best work, you are so focused. We talked about this previously on episode 100 of When with Dan Pink. We started talking about the flow state and people get into flow. And there are certain periods of the day that people get into a flow state. Myself, I'm a night owl, and I get my best work done at night when I'm in a complete flow state, so concentrated. There's no distractions going to get into me, and I do my best work. Very simply, flow is not something very complicated to understand. It's easy to understand, but very difficult to create. So that's what this episode is dedicated towards. So I want to crack right into this one with golden nugget number one. Integrity of the self requires coming to terms with trauma. So eventually, no matter how wealthy you are, no matter how healthy you are, no matter how famous you are, no matter how happy you are, life, it's not going to play out exactly the way you want it to. We all know that. Things like disappointment, frustration, tragedy, they're as universal as our willingness to want to be happy. The reality is you or someone you love, they're going to get sick. You're going to face loss. You're going to come to terms with your own mortality. Your integrity of self derives from your ability to turn harmful chance into a positive way forward. Just like the philosophy that you all know so well, it's not a setback, it's a set up. 
Because yes, trauma, that can wreck your focus on your necessary goals. It can seem like a setback. And if you buy that, if you say this is a setback and life's hard, this is crappy, this happened to me, this is really bad, then when trauma does come, you will lose control of your process. And your response to that often, as Professor Mihai says, is to stop growing, to retreat, to build barriers or vegetate behind a shield of crippling mistrust. And if you feel that way, if that's your natural reaction, you can't transform negative events through denial. You can't transform negative events through aggression, through drugs, through alcohol. You can try and try again, but it's not going to work. When trauma hits, that's when you need to start practicing courage. You need to think resilience. You need to think perseverance. You need to be self-aware as to how these coping mechanisms, these philosophies, whatever it is you, you believe in, is helping you. And if you don't learn to develop these skills, negative events, they will unbalance your integrity of the self and your sense of place in the world. That's what integrity of the self means. If you're wondering what that means, it's, it's you as, a, as an individual, as a woman, as a man, as a child, as a teenager, as a brother, sister, parent, doesn't matter. Who you are as an individual can be completely destroyed by negative events if you allow them to. And I found this very curious when Professor Mihai started talking about this. I didn't expect this. Because when I think about flow state, I just think about, well, how do we get into a flow state? But you have to understand that you are not going to achieve a flow state if you allow negative pressures to beat you down. It's almost impossible, he says. I couldn't agree more. When I'm under high levels of stress, when I'm around negativity, when I allow it to penetrate my being, I never hit a flow state. Instead, I'm working with something in the back of my mind that's eating away at me and it's killing me from the inside out. It kills my ambition. It kills my perseverance. It kills my creativity. It kills the fun that I bring to work. It kills my enthusiasm, my energy. And if you don't have any of that, you're never going to hit a flow state. So integrity of the self requires coming to terms with trauma. Understanding when bad stuff happens, yeah, it happens to everybody. But you need to have strategies to help you deal with that. Again, you know so well, I've already mentioned it. I have philosophies to help me deal with tragedy. When bad things happen to me, I always say it's not a setback, it's a setup. And I will say that in the face of adversity. And I will always look for the silver lining. You might surround yourself with friends, with family, surround yourself with love, people who love you, people who give you compassion. That might be helpful. You might use music as a way to get through it. You might need to go to therapy. Right? If you're using the Create Your Eight method, if you're sitting at a two, which is clinically depressed, you might need to go to therapy. You might need medication just to help you get back to a state of normalcy before you can start getting back to a three, a four, and a five on your way to creating your eight. So this one I found was very interesting and it's so important. You will never hit a flow state if you allow negative circumstances, if you allow trauma to eat you alive. Such an important point to remember. Golden nugget number two. Develop coping skills based on a growing sense of who you are. So as you grow up from a kid into a teenager, you should develop the ability to cope along with an increasing awareness of who you are as an individual. Are you studious? Are you an athlete? 
What kind of sports do you do you enjoy? What kind of person are you? Are you somebody who enjoys dancing? Are you a communicator? What are you? As you grow up, you start to learn a little bit more about who you are and those pieces of the puzzle start to get put into place. So if you grow up with a lot of love in your family and a strong community, your coping skills will flourish. But if you don't, if you don't grow up in a loving family or a loving community, they might wither. So Dr. Mihai says that growing up into a family of love, a community of love, helps your coping skills. There's something to be said about being surrounded by people who love you. It increases the odds of communication, increases increases the odds of people sharing lessons with you, teaching you how to get through the tough times rather than you sitting there struggling, trying to figure it out on your own or people just not being very empathetic with you. So when you reach your late teens, you should start developing your ability to control your emotions. You know, when you recognize what you're feeling, if you're feeling angry, for example, or if you're feeling upset, you can learn to take the steps to reduce that negative state. Professor Mihai says that your emotions don't rule you. You can name them and you can use compassion to mitigate their influence. He says that you can understand that other people also experience the same kind of positive and negative events that you do. And they affect people just as strongly as they do you. And so learning to control those emotions and not allow them to eat you up. For example, if you're angry, you can either lash out at people, yell and scream, bang on desks, or you could take a moment to realize, yes, I am angry. I need to learn how to control this. I need to take myself away from people. I need to go to my office, I need to go to my room, I need to put music on my ears, and I need to relax. Because I love other people, and I don't want to put this anger on other people. Yes, it's hard at the very beginning when you do this. Trust me, I grew up with anger issues. I grew up a very angry child. Why? I don't know. It's just a part of my DNA, but I learned to control my anger. This is what Professor Mihai is trying to share with us here. As I already mentioned in Golden Nugget number one, at some point in life, you're going to feel crushing sadness or grief. But Professor Mihai says that these emotions should not warp your fundamental view of the world and your identity. And that these various, he calls them systems, might give you strength. So what are these systems? These systems might be your family. You might be a part of a family, a nation, a religion, an ideology. Or you might become skilled in some sort of system, such as becoming an expert in physics and the education system. Or you might become an artist great at painting, producing music, making shows. You might become a facilitator, whatever it is. These systems support your well-being. Oh, and there's also the uh, physical systems, for example, that he was mentioning. So again, things like yoga, Pilates, weightlifting, running, you know, that might be your wellspring of mental and spiritual peace. And that's such an important one. Can't believe I left that one to last. I always tell people that you need to work out. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're bedridden. You need to find something, something to do to make you active. If you can only move your hand, then I want you to use a squeeze ball and just do that. Try and get some energy out. Because far too many of us don't think about working out as something that helps our mental being, our mental state. Instead, we just think about it helping our physical state. And so we're not really that concerned about it. Well, we are later on in life or we are when we meet health crises, but It's so important for mental health. And I realized this very early on. And all my sales folks, all my executives, all my marketing folks, all my product developers, every single one of you listening right now, you know one of the first things I share with you is get in the gym. 
Whether it's a, a gym that you're going to go to where you're lifting weights, whether it's a yoga studio, Pilates studio, whether you're getting into TRX, biking, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Go buy yourself a Peloton bike, for example. I don't care. But you have to start moving. So in any case, this golden nugget is all about figuring out what coping strategies you can use to help you manage your mindset. When you get into a negative mindset, when trauma hits, what coping strategies do you have? And your job as you grow up is to start collecting these coping strategies so that when trauma does hit, when negative circumstances do come your way, and they come your way every single day, you have coping strategies to help you deal with them. Whatever level that trauma is, you have a coping strategy to deal with that. For myself, when I get down, when I get angry, when I get upset, when I get frustrated, you know, the varying levels of that, you know, let's just say on a scale of one to 10 and I get upset and it's a level three or four, I can easily turn that around by thinking about gratitude, thinking about something I'm grateful for, putting music on my ears. If it's something a little bit more serious, maybe a six or a seven, I'll go out with friends. I'll talk with friends. I'll deal with the issue at hand. I'll have those hard conversations. When it's a 10, sometimes I just need to grieve. Sometimes I just need to be alone for a short period of time. I need that time just to process things. And then in a day or two, I get myself back on the horse. I get in the gym. I get back on my habit. I set my goals. I focus on achieving my goals. I set small challenges and I achieve them to start getting me back on track. And so as I grow up, my job is to find coping strategies. So for you, your job is to find coping strategies. What coping strategies do you have? And again, to keep coming back to the CY8 method, the Create Your 8 method, this is what it's all about. When you're at a 1, how do you get to a 2? When you're at a 2, what do you do to get to a 3? I can provide you with different examples of what that is, and that's what all the CY8 is all about. Well, not what it's all about, but a big piece to it is what that's about, helping you move from one stage to another. And they might not all resonate with you, but I can give you some stimulus that you can use to try, and if it resonates, then great, use it. If not, throw it away and find something that does work for you. So again, golden nugget number two, develop coping skills based on a growing sense of who you are. Develop coping skills based on who you are, which means that everybody's going to be different. So it works for me, may not work for you. It works for you, may not work for me. So you got to spend time thinking about what works for you and seeing exactly what strategies, what philosophies, what approaches are successful at helping you move from a state of negativity, of sadness, of anger, of frustration, of anxiety, of depression, into more positive states of mind. Golden nugget number three. Now for golden nugget number three, there are three components to this golden nugget. There are three different tools that Professor Mihai talks about to help us transform trauma into something more positive. The very first one is called unselfconscious self-assurance. Now essentially what this comes down to is you taking power back and you not saying, oh, I'm out of control. My environment is bigger than me. No, you are bigger than your environment. And he points back to two stories that I truly love. And one of them was of uh, individuals who were stuck in the Arctic or the one that we know so well, an individual who was imprisoned in a concentration camp, right? Victor Frankl, we talked about that one previously. These individuals who were in these extreme circumstances didn't give up their power and say, well, if only things were different, I could do this. Or if only things got better, I would get better. No, they found power within themselves and said, despite my environment and the negativity and the, the terrible circumstances that are around me, I have the skills. I have the mind that will get me through this. When I think of the pilot 
that's going through turbulence. They're going through a thunderstorm. They might be worried. They might be scared, but they say, listen, I'm trained for this and I will get through this too. That's the difference. And a more practical example that I'll share with you is something that I experienced. Very early on in my career, I worked with a consultant, a marketing consultant who was a terrible person, a backstabber, a liar. They use intimidation to get their way. And I would always say to myself, oh man, if this person just wasn't there, if only they weren't here, if only they treated me nicer, if only I didn't have to work in this circumstance, if only I didn't have to be on this project with them. And as a result, I gave up all my power. My anxiety increased. I stopped finding pleasure in going to work. I st- that started to infect my life at home. I stopped working out. I started to eat crappy food and it all kind of spiraled from there. How human is that though? We give into just a little bit of weakness and all of a sudden weakness just spreads in our lives. But it was funny because many years later, that experience prepared me for what I was about to go through again, where I worked with another consultant who was overbearing, rude, crass, arrogant. But because I was there before, I knew exactly how to work with this person. I changed things up. Instead of giving away my power and giving power to this person, to this circumstance, this environment, no, instead I changed it up. And I said, this person at the end of the day is a teacher. And if I can get through this, man, I can get through anything. That's exactly what I did. I had to find the lesson in there. I had to find the so-called setup from the setback. Unselfconscious self-assurance. And I knew that I had that internal strength to get me through it. So again, anytime you're going through difficult times, trauma, tragedy, something that's hard in your life, know that you are bigger than that. That you can get through it. I know uh, at first it sounds kind of silly. You're like, listen, I'm going through a tough time. That's all it is. No. You are bigger than your environment. You are bigger than your problem. And you'll get through it too. The second tool for transforming your trauma, focusing attention on the world. And this one very simply is really about getting outside of your own head. Because oftentimes we face trauma, we face difficulty, we, we withdraw. And when we withdraw, it encourages a sense that whatever happened in our life, we're frozen in time at that precise point. And then all of a sudden things become unbearable because we're stuck in our own heads and we're reliving it, rethinking it over and over again, feeling the stress from that. So Professor Mihai says that to transform trauma, we need to get outside of our own heads and focus on the world. We need to reconnect with people. We need to get out there. We need to do work. We need to set a goal. We need to go after it. And we need to focus on everything else and kind of get out of our own thought process to kind of break that chain of thinking. And I love that because how often do we just, something bad happens to us and we just want to keep living it over and over again. And I don't know why we do that, why it's in our biology to do that. You would think that our bodies, our brains would prevent us from doing such a thing because it puts us at a danger, but it doesn't. So we have to short circuit that habit by having something in place for us. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on, but you need to understand that to get through trauma, you have to have something in your life that you're working towards and something that takes your attention from outside of your own head onto something else in the world. And now the third tool for transforming trauma is the discovery of new solutions. And this one very similar to the very first one that I talked about. This one's all about emphasizing that no matter the situation, no matter how tragic something seems to be, 
Every single difficulty offers growth potential. And there's something in there that we can learn, something in there that we can take from it. And then we need to embrace those possibilities and open ourselves up to unexpected opportunities that come about through the tragedy. But again, if you don't believe it's going to be there, you will never find it. You have to think that while going through the tragedy. And that's one of the hardest things to do. And I know it's hard. I keep saying this over and over again, but it's a habit. And habits are formed through repetition and discipline and knowing that that's the better way to do it. So anytime that you face stress, you have to know that there's something in there that you can learn. Whether it's, again, going through and working with somebody who's very difficult. Going through that process will make you stronger. It might make you a better debater. It might teach you to have a backbone. There's something in there for you. It might not be tangible. You might not be able to see it. You might have to create it in your own mind. Just like those people did when I was working with them and we were working all together with that jerk. They all knew that that experience was going to toughen them up. It was preparing them for the future. They created that in their own head. You know, it's funny. Most people live their lives in the ruts that they carved out. You know, maybe it's their genetic programming or their social conditioning. But if you truly believe in your problems and believe that your problems forced you to become who you are today and that's all you can see is the problem, the difficulty, the trauma, the tragedy, it's going to prevent you from even imagining alternative ways of perceiving or dealing with your problems. And so if you really want to reach your full potential, if you want to build resilience, you have to realize there's something in that difficulty that's going to make you better because you went through it. And last but certainly not least, golden nugget number four, the four exercises to transform your life and your outlook. Now, I truly love this one because I subscribe to this and I always have. The very first one, setting goals. Right, everybody that I work with, you know the first thing I do with you is I help you set a goal. Well, a set of goals, actually. Three to be specific. And why? Because I know that on your path to creating your eight, you need to have something, something that you believe in, something that gives you control, something that you can sink your teeth into, that you wake up every single morning and you say, this is what I'm doing today. This is the goal. This is what I'm after. Right? With a clear target to achieve, you will focus outward on that path, on that goal. And you kind of get out of your head, which we've talked about before, focusing on the world, right? Focus on your path, focus on your goal. When you pick a goal, it means that you're accepting the challenge. And when you name and pursue that goal, again, we've talked about this, you retain greater control over your life. And when you feel like you have more control, you have more power, more resilience. So again, you choose the path that you're on. You are in control of your life. And by having a goal, having a destination, having a direction that you're moving in every single day, that gives you power. The second step, becoming immersed in the activity. When you immerse yourself in something completely, your mind is activated. It's focused. And you're going all in on something, which means that you really don't have any room for distraction. You don't have room for all that outside noise. You're focused on your goals. You're excited about your goals. And when you immerse yourself in the activity, now you hit a flow state. Whether it's reading a book, watching a video, listening to an audio program, working on the task at hand, 
whatever it is you're doing, when you set a goal and you immerse yourself in it, all of a sudden that's when your mind starts to transform. And it's tough at first. Sometimes it takes time. Usually for me personally, it takes about 20 minutes to get into a flow state. When I'm doing something really exciting, something I love to do, working towards my goal, getting into something that you know just ignites me inside. That's when I start to feel really, really happy about what I'm doing, who I am, and the progress that I'm making. Which leads us to the next step. Step three, paying attention. Because the more that you concentrate on something that you're really passionate about, the more you become involved in what you're doing. This one's very simple. If you like what you're doing, you're going to be paying attention to it. You're going to be looking for all the examples of what you can use to help you achieve your goal. That again comes down to focus. And as we talked about before, we were reviewing the secret, the law of attraction. Everyone kind of poo-poos it and they think it's so stupid. It's not stupid. What you focus on, you get more of. That's just the reality of it. I've told you this before. Haven't you ever noticed if you got a certain car before? Now you start noticing that car perhaps more so than you did before. Why? Because you focused on it. So when you start paying attention to what you need to achieve your goals, and you start paying attention to your goals, all of a sudden, what do you do with your mind? Your mind starts to focus on the things that you are trying to work towards. And that's a much better place to be than focusing on the problems of the world or the tragedy that's happening in your community or even some of the problems that you have in the workplace, in your family. It's not a matter of ignoring them. It's a matter of gaining perspective. When you have something to work towards, when you're becoming immersed in it, when you start paying attention to everything around you that can help you achieve that goal, then you gain perspective. And that's truly amazing. And that's going to insulate you from a lot of problems of the world. I'm telling you that right now. And last but not least, the fourth step, learning to enjoy immediate experience. So you might not become a brain surgeon overnight. You might not make your million dollars overnight. In fact, you're not going to. But this can all point back to a very simple phrase we've heard time and time again. Enjoy the process. Or enjoy the process, wherever you're from in the world. <laughs> Professor Mihai tells us that we need to learn to enjoy the immediate experience. And that living a life like this requires discipline. It requires determination. Because yes, not every day is going to be easy. It takes time. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes perseverance. And sometimes it's an uphill battle achieving your goals. Take, for example, if you have a weight loss goal and you're 300 pounds, you're trying to get down to 180. That's not going to be easy. Is it going to be fun? Yeah, I think it's going to be fun, but on some days it's going to be really hard. And so that's where your muscle of deter- determination, discipline kicks in. And that's why this is the fourth step. Learning to enjoy immediate experience. Enjoying the process. We have to remember that because we live in a world of instant gratification where if we want something now, we get it now. And I'm telling you, that sets us up for failure. We have to be patient. We have to exercise patience. And yes, we have to enjoy the process because otherwise we're never going to make something of ourselves. And this is one of the challenges I experience all the damn time with my clients. And I love you all, but you all know that we battle about this more than anything else. You just want to give up because you think it's too hard. It takes too long. Nah, I don't think so. Every single one of you know that I tell you, you got to find a way to enjoy the process. And as you go through it, you will learn to enjoy it. You just will. Because once you start seeing small little wins, small little results, all of a sudden it just ignites your flame and you keep going forward. 
And again, that whole entire process there, setting goals, becoming immersed in the activity, paying attention, learning to enjoy media experience, that right there has been my equation to how I've maintained my happiness, to how I've fought off the demons of stress, anxiety, depression, learned helplessness, guilt, all of that. Every time I set a brand new goal and I get so excited about it, this four-step process that I did subconsciously, didn't even know it, but now it's backed up by studies by uh, Professor Mihai. This right here is the key to transforming your life and your outlook. And everyone says, you know, well, one of the biggest things people always tell me, like, Ryan, how do you stay so happy all the time? Listen, it's work. It takes work to be happy. It takes work to be aware of your own thoughts. But I'm telling you this right now. One of the biggest competitive advantages I have is this right here, what I just told you. I'll say it again, setting goals, becoming immersed in the activities that are contributing to the achievement of your goals, paying attention to everything around you that will help you in achieving those goals and learning to enjoy the process. Or as Professor Mihai says, learning to enjoy immediate experience. Enjoy the path to achieving your goals. There's so much joy to be had. And yes, some days might be difficult, but guess what? Those difficult days, yeah. That's going to help build your mental toughness and your resilience because you're going to push past it. And that's going to make you much stronger and build that mental muscle in your head. I'm telling you, there's no better gift than that. All right, there we have it. That is Flow, the Psychology of Optimal Experience by Professor Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. I really enjoyed this book and I really, really wish that the, the interview would have worked out. You can't win them all can't win them all not all interviews are going to be great and this one in particular it it wasn't wasn't a great interview but i still have to get the content out there i still have to get the information out there because like i said you know last week and previous weeks not every episode is going to be applicable to you not every single episode or golden nugget is going to resonate with you but it might resonate with someone so it's my duty to make sure that i'm doing my best to get the content out there doesn't matter if it's more work for me. Yes, it's more work for me. Would I have much rather had the interview? Of course. I had to spend time doing the interview, chopping it up, figuring it out if it was going to work, tossing it out, and then doing it myself. It takes a whole heck of a lot of time, but I did it because I'm thinking about you, and this might be the book. There might be a golden nugget in here that stimulates your mind, that helps you change your life. And if that's the case, then it's all worth it to me. All right, let's wrap this up here. So if you enjoy this episode, please go online, rate, interview the show, especially if you're listening on an Apple device. Go to the podcast app. Go to the shows under the podcast app. Find the Cut the Crap Show. Scroll up and give me whatever star, how many stars you believe I deserve. If it's five stars, great. If it's four, awesome. If it's anything less than five, tell me how I can improve so I can make it a five. That's all I ask of you. And also, if you love what I'm doing here, if you love the show and you want to support me and and uh, just show your appreciation for it, then please, by all means, go on Patreon. Go on Patreon by going to cutthecrapshow.com. Sorry, that's thecutthecrapshow.com. And go to Work With Ryan. And on there, you'll see a link that says Patreon. Click the link, and there's a $5 option there. All you have to do is put in your credit card information, and you'll get $5 sent to me every single month. And that's just an appreciation for me doing the show. But every single month, what I'm doing is I'm collecting that money, and I'm sending it off to a shelter, a no-kill animal shelter where they take care of dogs and cats. And to me, that's what it's all about, giving back in this world, making this world a better place. And if I can do that with the show by helping you and then you helping me, which then helps others, hell, there's a lot of good going around in this world. And that just puts a big smile on my face. So... 
any support that you can provide to me, that just means oh hell a lot to me. And just thank you so much to all of you who have already done that. And thank you in advance to those who uh, will do that in the future. All right, my friends, that is a wrap for this week. So thank you so much for joining me again today. You know what I'm going to say. Your attention means so much to me. I do not take it for granted. I'm so grateful for you tuning in every single week. But I'll be back here next week when I have a brand new book, brand new Golden Nuggets, an interview with an author. And of course, you know what I'm doing here every single week. Just trying to save you a little bit of time, bring you some information that can spark real change in your life. I'm here just trying to help you build mental toughness and resilience. Have a fantastic, productive, inspired week, everybody. I love you all. We try so hard in our lives to fit in. We try to fit into certain groups, certain frats, certain sororities, you know, among certain friends. Yet the people we idolize are most are the ones that stand out. But when you're prepared, there is no fear. There is no fear of failure, okay? Because even if you've walked out of something and you feel like you failed at it, your preparation is so strong that you're gonna take that failure and turn it into the outcome you desire. And most people stop at failure. We've all failed at things. It's the most powerful tool you can use, but it all depends on how you use it. It's that drive inside of you, okay? It's what we talk about, the dark side. The dark side is filled with failure but it's the fuel that burns you like something that's never burned inside you before. There's so many individuals out there that are so talented in different things that never accomplish anything. Okay, the world is filled with talented people. You know a lot of them yourselves, right? and they never accomplish anything. With talent has to come preparation, has to come action, has to come development of being able to take those talents, take those skills, continue to develop them, continue to sharpen them physically, continue to sharpen them mentally, because at some point, your physical talent is going to diminish. You go like this, but then you hit this plateau. And most people in that plateau, they go, wrong job, right. wrong relationship, wrong business, because it's not instantly fulfilling them. But the people that go, I'm gonna fight through and go deep. I'm gonna find a way to break through. I'm gonna find a way to learn and know more about this any human alive so that I can help as many human beings as possible. And it won't be bullshit, it's because I've lived it. There is a power in mastery. And how many people do you know are really committed to mastery today? Most people dabble in a million things, they master nothing and they wonder why they're unfulfilled. Because they're running for the sugar, the next thing that feels good, instead of getting past what doesn't feel good and getting to where you own something. We live in a Facebook world where people fake their life, put new filters, make it look different than it really is, tell stories that you know are totally full of it to make themselves look good. 
because we live in this kind of false world where significance is more important than love. I think when you find your lowest point in your life, I think you're kind of open to a lot of things to try to change it and to try to get back on the right path. Phelps now three for three here in Beijing, his second world record after he started it off in the 400 IM with one. One. I had to change my approach a little bit on how I approach the game. I wasn't that good in the first two games here in this building. I lost a lot of film. Detailed it out. Take my blue again. The In the end, I had to invest everything, and um, I was borrowing money from Benz to pay the rent. I'm not sure if it was worth it. Sure if it was worth it.